0: To another episode of For the Love of Sports, my name is Michael Raziel, and this is a show where I get talk about sports. I get to talk about business, and I get to talk about everything in between. Today, my special guest is Dell Harris. He is a head basketball coach. He's us. He's works with the USA Basketball Youth Development Team. Eight hundred four coaches for change. He even has the Dell Harris Basketball Academy. Dell, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well, Michael. How are you? It's a good day to be alive, Dell. It is a good day to be alive. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping, and I get to talk about more basketball. I've been enjoying the heck out of this bubble basketball. I assume you've been paying attention to a lot of it, right? How many uh, how many bangs would you have given that, that Luka Doncic? Mike Breen gave him two. How many would you have given him?
1: <laughs> uh, Luke is pretty special, man, what he's doing right now. And uh, you know, I think the bubble was really great because – Uh, You know, it's kind of good without the fans. So you're hearing the communication. Those guys are just locked in down there Um, and and also uh, to bigger things uh, on the stage and what they're standing for with the Black Lives Matter and all that. But uh, uh, the bubble has been really good to watch.
0: Yes, absolutely. A lot of the social justice, uh, I think it came out today and I'm not trying to, um, uh, break any news or anything, but the Celtics and Raptors are talking about potentially delaying or, or, or holding out of the playoff game due to the shooting over in Wisconsin, which was obviously disgusting. So I think that's incredible. And again, they have this platform, they have this stage and they're taking advantage of it, which I think is the best thing that they can do. Right. You know, they, thankfully they're giving us some basketball, but they're, they're, they're pushing, um, pushing social justice forward, which I'm very, very grateful for.
1: Yes, well, no, I mean, you have to take a strong stand against racism and social injustice, and um, you got to use that platform uh, in a positive way uh, to bring attention to it. And it just can't be a black thing. You know, it's got to be an all thing, black, white, um, Asian American, whatever. We, we all want equality. Um, but, uh, you know, the black community is hurting and want to be heard and I uh, just want to be treated fair. But we're going to keep taking baby steps. And staying positive and moving in that direction. So uh, uh, kudos to those guys down there uh, in the NBA and and, and for playing uh, one for playing. Uh, but again, using that platform, as you said, to uh, bring attention to social injustice. And um, we're going to take some steps and uh, support it 110 percent.
0: I love it. I love it. And we'll get to that in a little bit as well. We'll get to talk about your 804 coaches for change, some of the stuff that you guys are doing there. But as I said, uh, you know, I rattled off a bunch of stuff here. And, and the cool thing is you're doing all of it at the same time. It's like you have eight full time jobs. I'm, I'm having a difficulty running one business. And, you know, you're sitting over here making fun of me running five. So we'll, we're going to touch upon all of these things. And I'm very excited to do that. But the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast, Dell, is why do you love sports so much?
1: Oh gosh! Uh, <laughs> it's just—it's uh, exciting. It's fun, you know. Again, I think your your the title of your show is amazing. For the love of sports, it's uh, the love, and uh, everything I do is a passion and a purpose. So, um, and, and sports just does so much for life in general. You know, it just teaches life life goals and life skills. So, um, the competition, you know. It, it, whatever business you're in or whatever career you choose, um, there's competition in it. So again, whether that's, uh, Uh, Whether that's basketball, baseball, football, um, you know, um, crew, they're all, you know, rowing. They're all teaching life lessons and through the game of sports and uh, teamwork and things like that when you're hiring and going for jobs. So um, sports is uh, and it can be a distraction, too. Uh, And then also can give you a platform for things that you never knew you would have. So, again, sports just does so many things, um, uh, provides jobs, just so many things that it does uh, for us in this country.
0: Yes, and I love it. And if I could just ask you, uh, I want to see your entire face if you don't mind adjusting the laptop. Perfect. There oh we good. go. There All right, good, go. good, good, good. Little, little glare yeah, there, good, good, little glare there. But I like seeing your whole face. I appreciate that, man. I think it's so true. I mean, sports—the competition aspect. It's—it's it's learning how to lose, right? Like, there's very few Trevor Lawrence's in the world who don't. Lose Junior year of high school, junior year of college—that doesn't happen very often. So it's nice to, to learn how to do that. Work as a team, competition, discipline, time management. There's so much that you can learn from sports, and I think it's fantastic that you specifically working with youth, right? You, you work with you know high school age kids and in, in the uh, the Team Richmond 17 Elite. You work with the the youth the eighth graders in the USA Basketball Development camps. I, I just think it's so fantastic. So I'm excited to talk about all these things. But where does you know I say the love of sports, but where, where did basketball come from in your life and, and why has it resonated so much with you to the point of pretty much, it sounds like, and I don't know, wife and kids or whatever, but it sounds like you spend a lot of time with basketball. If that's not your second marriage, it's your first.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, uh I'm 42 and, uh, not married, no kids. And, um, I think it just started at a young age. Uh, my, my parents, uh, both were involved in athletics, and so I just grew up around the game. Um, both of my parents, uh, before they got divorced, were recruiters at Shaw University. Uh, so I just grew up around meeting basketball coaches at an at 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 early age. Uh, it's a Division II school in Raleigh, North Carolina, historical black college, Shaw University. And then uh, from there, my dad was an academic advisor at Virginia Commonwealth University for the men's basketball team. So I was a ball boy and I just stayed around the game. So all I knew was sports. Um, and basketball. So it uh, just really was instilled at a young age and then um, coming from education background as well. Um, uh, both of my parents, when they uh, separated, um, My mom uh, worked at Virginia State University, another HBCU where I graduated from. And then my stepdad uh, was a vice provost and then was a former president at Savannah State University. So I was able to see some of the behind the scenes interworking working on college campuses and just always be close to the game, whether that was football, basketball, baseball, again, for the love of sports, Uh, And then also doing the same thing uh, as a player. Uh, You know, my players always make fun of me. Uh, I always uh, tell them that uh, I'm the only all-state and all-region player in the gym. So until they get to do that, uh, they they can't say anything to coach, but um, grew up a pretty good player. And then, you know, we'll talk about AAU later, my passion for AAU, Um, a horrible award, which I'm so glad they don't give anymore. But at 12 years old, uh, I was AAU All-American. So that's some of the top uh, top 12 players in the country. Um, you know, and remember playing against Jermaine O'Neal and all that kind of stuff back in the day. And that's a guy, you know, in the Kobe era who went straight from high school to the pros, that's the class I came out in. Um, no way was I that talented, but, uh, but anyway, just just some of the background that really kept me close to the game with sports. And, uh, as a little kid, I was that guy who had the little GI Joe and star Wars figures and I would cut out a cardboard box and make my own NFL football fields. So, right it was just always sports uh 24/7. I love that, man. And yeah,
0: that was a pretty incredible class back in the day. Um people forget Charlotte Hornets really screwed up. Were they the Charlotte Hornets then? I don't yeah. even know what the name of that team was anymore. It's it's confusing. The Bobcats, whatever. Yeah. Um but no, a lot a lot of stuff went down in that draft. But I I just think it's really cool again, you know, just how How you have such a a diverse background and the width and the breadth of all of it, obviously, again, with your parents being so involved in college sports in one capacity or another. and, And I think that that is fantastic and really has led you to understand because there is it there's a system in place. Now, whether that system's good, whether that system's bad, it's great that you at least know it. Right. Politics are a game. And where you are, I'm assuming there's a little bit of politics involved when you start to get into that college level a little bit, especially Team USA and all of these things. It's good to know how to play that game. Right. There's so many people that think they can just walk in and blow stuff up. And no, it's never going to work. That's not how it works. That's why the system's in place. So I think it's great that you at least understand what's going on a little bit. And Where so so as you said you weren't quite as talented as Kobe, Jermaine O'Neal. Not going to hold that one against you. Don't (laughs) worry, but where did that? When did coaching? I know it was back in two thousand and one, if I'm not mistaken. You put like you've it's it's been in your blood for a little while now. Where did that love of coaching or or teaching or or sharing those experiences? Where did that come from?
1: You know, uh, I've always been a leader. So uh, even little league football was a quarterback. Always been a point guard. So, you know, I think those uh, leadership skills are something that you just possess. So, um, you know, I think it came at a young age uh, with my leadership skills. And then uh, AAU, again, I was fortunate enough uh, to at 12, again, be that All-American, but then move up. When I was 17, um, played for uh, Edmund Sherrod, who's a mentor of mine, and uh, we were uh, playing the AAU national championship game. So at 17 and under, played in that AU National Championship game, and uh, that team was so close. And then I had, uh, moving forward, once I graduated, one of my teammates, AAU teammates, uh, a gentleman named Moodoo Lee, who played at Tennessee State, um, he called and he was coaching a youth league. And he just said, hey, man, excuse me, coaching an AAU team and said, hey, man, why don't you come out here, uh, be assistant coach, give it a shot? Uh, was Richmond Squires at the time. And so that was kind of my first introduction to coaching. And then um, kind of simultaneously, uh, my uncle asked me, hey, do you want to come out and help out with a little league team with your cousins? And uh, so that's really where it started. And it was just natural. Uh, The leadership was easy. Uh, You know, coaching, I tell my players, same thing on the collegiate level and on the high school level where I'm at now is, you know, coaching is really about trust. You know, you, you're, you're trying to develop my trust and I'm trying to develop your trust. And if we trust each other, we can accomplish something very special. And so uh, it's a relationship piece. You know, when I got my first uh, college coaching job, another one of my mentors, you'll hear me say that a lot, um, because mentors, you got to go find them. You know, they just don't come seek you out. And uh, one of my mentors, Coach Jerry Wainwright, uh, who's at the University of Richmond, gave my first college coaching job. He said, hey, man, I don't need to tell you how to be a coach. You, you already know how to do that. And he's like, I just want to help you with the other things, everything else that comes along with it. So um, that's some of that political stuff. And, you know, as you spoke about, but again, um, just being a lifelong learner um, of mentors, but also the passion. It just started at an early age. And uh, that's kind of how I got into it. And it's great,
0: man, because you get to affect so many people along the way. Right. You get to teach some of these kids how to do something and how to be leaders themselves so that one day they can go and lead. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not just the people that you are directly affecting. It's the people that they're affecting and those are, they are affecting. And I think, again, that spider web effect makes it so much more worth it when you realize you've touched thousands and thousands of lives in a very positive way, because you've been doing this thing for almost 20 years. Sorry. Uh, and yeah, if I'm no, kind of no, of your age, no, no, bit, no, you're but, good. Yeah. <laughs> I knew this thing for a little while, man. And I yeah. think that that's the most important part. And it's not like, And you're getting better with it too, right? Learning how to lead and learning how to develop trust with especially young kids, you're going to have to learn that over time and it's always changing, right? You know, only a couple of years ago, the internet barely existed when you started doing this. And now if you're not on TikTok, are you really a real person, right? It's very confusing, but I think it's the most important part where you can connect with these kids on on a real level, Mm -hmm. teach them how to develop trust in themselves, in you, and then allow them to go and and help that with others. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, no, it, it's the real world. And, and again, you know, my mentor shared me a quote that said, uh, you know, you can't uh, tweet, text or Instagram your way through a screen. And, you know, with this young generation, you know, leadership skills are we're screaming for leadership skills, for leadership skills and communication skills, for real conversations. Um, you know, that it's just what you have to have. So uh, if we can give that as a coach, uh, it's very special.
0: Well, hopefully a couple of those kids get to listen to this conversation we're having and they they learn a little bit more about you along the way, which I think will be cool. So as I said, you have so much stuff. We're going to talk some AAU. We're going to talk about when uh, you were head coach in, in collegiate basketball, as well as an assistant AD, youth direct, um, youth development uh, at uh, Team USA for eighth graders, again, 804 Coaches for Change, and your basketball academy. Let's start with AAU. So one thing that's always interesting with AAU is, you know, right, we have, I, I'm a big Duke fan and um I love it. I love Duke. I love Zion. I love RJ. Yeah. I love JJ Redick. Like I, I go back. And, I've been doing this thing for a while now. And so with Pretty that, good. yeah. I, I, I <laughs> Hey, I'm also a Mets fan, so I have a little depression in my life too. Okay, right, okay, but, I got you. But, uh, I gotta have some happiness, right? Yeah. But um, with that, you always hear, you know, you hear about these like massive AAU teams. Like Job Morant and Zion were on the same team when they were like 12 or whatever, 14. Maybe a little hyperbole in there, but. AAU always gets such a bad rap. I think there's a documentary on Netflix that just kind of picks it apart and tears it apart. I want to spread the positivity because you have helped 50 kids go into college through this Aiu program that you've been helping run and, and, and develop. Talk to me about why, A, why does it get such a bad rap? Because obviously there are some negatives about it. We Obviously mm-hmm. that's just how it works. But w- tell me some of the positives that are with it because I think there is a huge impact that it does in a positive light that's not all centered around Coaches making millions of dollars off the backs of fifteen-year-olds.
1: Oh, um, I think the biggest thing about AAU is it can't be self-serving. You know that 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 that's where we get it wrong. We can't be self-serving, and you can't have hidden agendas. And uh, you know that I, I think that's just where the problem is. And you know, even going deeper into that, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Kobe Bryant fan. Uh, you know, sometimes people tell me I look like Kobe a little bit, coach Kobe, or they tell me I look like Pharrell. So I get those two. I was going to say, I yeah, can see, yeah. I
0: can see both of them a little bit, put a yeah. little little hair on you. No, yeah. thing,
1: but I think yeah. I get the Kobe then a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if you look at it, I mean, you know, uh, Kobe, you know what he did with AAU, you know, talking about the fundamentals. So nobody is teaching the fundamentals and then nobody is trying to help one through 12. I mean, even on these high level AAU teams, you got to help one through twelve. We're not just trying to help the Zion's, not just trying to help the uh, the, the little mellow balls, the guys going to the highest level. You got to help everybody, and then also try to help them get to the right fit. You know, I mean, so it's a major problem in our game of basketball, and even going deeper, you know, because AAU is so bad. Because AAU is so bad, college basketball is bad. That's why the transfer portal is so big because you have these AAU guys who are given bad advice, uh, college coaches are not, there's two different things. You can either evaluate or recruit. College coaches are recruiting. They're not evaluating. You need to evaluate who you're recruiting. You need to know his game. You need to know his character to see if he fits your program, not just he's because he's rated top 50 in the country and he doesn't even fit your system. But for the alumni and the fans and recruiting, it looks good. So now I got a kid. So I mean, how the whole process is inter- intertwined. And so- uh, AAU is very guilty for that. Um, but some positive AAU, again, let's not get caught up in levels. And, and I should have said that I'm a product of, again, being an all state kid. And all I thought was division one, division one, division one, and I end up transferring three different times. So that's part of my passion and part of my journey as well. Why I volunteer to do what I do for the love of the game. Uh, but AAU wise, I mean, you know, we got to teach AAU coaches are volunteering their time, you know, all right. Okay. The Adidas, Nike, Under Armour World. All right. You know what? Why don't we just, who knows with what's going on in 2020, this whole big picture of where we're going, but why don't we just bring everybody together? Why don't we bring the best talent together? Who cares about what shoe you wear? I know it's money and all that. But again, as Kobe was trying to tell us, our game is bad. Our game is the kids don't know how to play. The basketball IQ is hard. Work ethic is like a skill now. No, work ethic is what you're supposed to do. You know, being a good kid, getting up on time, that's what you're supposed to do. Not because you get a free pair of tennis shoes, you know? So um, there are positives. And again, I think one of the things that we try to do uh, I've been fortunate and blessed to be with Team Richmond since 2001 uh, when it was established and established by some great people. Uh, Carl Liebert at the time was a gentleman who played at Navy, played at with Dave Robinson, and um, uh, Kevin Eastman, who, of course, was uh, won a championship with Doc Rivers at Boston Celtics and was in the front office with the Clippers. So our organization you know, was really started by some uh, amazing men in 2001. And so I've been through that journey uh, with Team Richmond, coached in college and now back as the executive director um, and was a 17 year old coach for the last four years, but now running the organization with 14 plus teams. But my goal again is to do AAU the right way. And I've had people challenge me on this you know, well, what is AAU the right way? Well, tell you what, all right, we got a top team here. All right, we got a middle tier team. We got a, a C level tier team. Let's call it what it is, but there's a place for everyone. And then parents understand, OK, like as well, your son's not on the A team. He's on the B team. OK, so he has a chance to make the A team, but he has to develop and get better. He's not what you see. You know, he's what he is right now. So, again, um, trying to put I know I gave you a lot there and you can tell I'm passionate about Keep it. I'm man. You're but, good. But I mean, um, our game is bad. And then if you really look deep into this. The game of you know, Luca, you know, you start off the show talking about Luca. So why is the European game so much better? And, you know, I have a gentleman, you know, Tyrese Rice behind me here has been a Euro Cup, Euro League MVP. Why is the European game so better? The ball moves. They're fundamentally sound. When they're good, you know, when they're good, they play up. They play up against grown men. Here in the States, when you're good, we want to reclass you or we want you to get an extra year so you can pull, so you can be bigger and stronger playing against somebody who's not even your age. You know, so I mean, like it's all backwards. and then here, if you look at it, let's think about it. Let's go back to the Olympics. So like, of course we had the dream team and all that, but we had to get NBA guys just because we're better athletes. That's why we won. Mm-hmm. We had Kobe, LeBron and D Wade. I mean, we're supposed to win. But yeah. we put better athletes together. It's not so much that the ball was better. You know, the challenge for Coach K and, you know, all those coaches back in the day was a pop and all that. Does the ball move? Because everybody's a one on one iso player. And then now you got, you know, I do a little bit myself, but you got skill development trainers and then guys go to skill development trainers. And I'm doing a move that James Harden does. But I don't even know how to make a fundamental chess pass. I don't even know how to, you know, the NBA game is all ball screen. Well, there's 15 different things you can do off a ball screen. Why is a middle school team running a ball screen offense and the AAU coach is yelling at him? He doesn't know. He hadn't been to a coaching clinic. So, again, uh, I could go on on about it, but there is a lot of good with AAU. And again, we try to put a good face on that. And and, and we actually are now um, in in battling with COVID, trying to be as safe as possible. Uh, We're playing in a league called the I-95 League uh, with Team Durant. Um, and team Mellow and a lot of other talented teams, Philly Pride. And, uh, you know, the, the director of the program called and said, Hey, man, let's try to do something for kids here. And, and egos aside, and I'm very fortunate, we're trying to do it as safe as possible, checking temperatures and all that stuff and sanitizing. And the benches are kind of like the NBA, but um, we're trying to do that as safe as possible just to give kids a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's teams coming together, Adidas, Nike, Hoop Group just to give a chance uh a kids a chance for an arena to play and some college coaches to evaluate them. I hope and, and not just recruit them because of who they are. So uh,
0: I like that. And, and and I think it's interesting you bring up a couple good points. I mean, it's it, the NBA specifically and really sports is moving in the direction of being very very star driven. Now, I am all for that. Right? I want the players to make as much money as they can because I don't understand why people side with the billionaire owners. It never really made sense to me. Um I want the players I'm fans of the players, right? Especially in the NBA. I'm a LeBron fan. I don't care where he plays. I wanted him to win in Miami. I wanted him to win in Cleveland. I want him to win in LA. I love LeBron. I'll say it. But with that, to become a bigger star, we've seen it, especially with the ball family and no disrespect to them. They've done an incredible job at growing a brand. Sure. But I hate those guys. Like, I don't want to be anything like them. They're very showboaty, but that's kind of the way of the internet, right? Like, that's what these 12, 13, 14 year old kids, they love seeing LaMelo Ball point at the logo in the middle of the court, shoot and hit. I mean, that is pretty cool, but also kind of comes off as kind of a little bit of a douche. So it is what it is. So how do you kind of try and combat that? Again, talking to these young kids, these 17-year-olds, and then in certain cases, the eighth graders, getting them to understand if you're actually just better at the game of basketball, you have a chance to go farther than just playing ISO ball, as you said, and just trying to make the biggest name for yourself when in reality, basketball is such a team sport That it's a necessity to know how to pass and actually know what to do off of a pick because it's not just pick and roll every single time. There's other things that can happen.
1: Yeah. And I think, again, another quote uh, from a minute, Kevin Eastman shared, you know, you can't take advantage of what you don't understand. And so these kids don't understand the game of basketball. And, and I mean, he is amazing, unbelievable talent. Absolutely. But some some of the worst things that happen is Kyrie hitting a step back to beat Golden State to win a yep. championship. And now the kids think like, oh, I can be like Kyrie. Kyrie's special. He's gifted. He's a multimillionaire. That, that's why he's Kyrie. But mm-hmm. every 17 and 18, 16 year old, th- th- that's not your journey. You know, so, uh, you know, everybody hates on the Warriors. Well, Steve Kerr got the Warriors to move the ball. The ball went to Clay. It went to Steph. Then over it goes over to Durant. Durant bought into the system. Draymond bought into his role. The ball moved. It was beautiful to watch. Um, you know, so uh that's basketball. The game of basketball hadn't changed. You know, uh, if you watch the documentary, uh of course during the pandemic, uh, The Last Dance. Well, the Bulls didn't win until Mike started moving the ball, until he started trusting Steve Kerr and stuff and, and trusting Pip. So that's the game of basketball. Whoever wins this NBA Finals, it's going to be, you know, LeBron's an amazing passer if they got a chance. You know, I mean, sooner or later, the the, the strategy is going to catch up with Giannis. And I, I like to say this, the higher the levels go, everybody's athletic. Mm-hmm. Everybody's good. Your athleticism, it can't take over. You, you know, you, you're not going to outpower somebody. So now where does that basketball IQ, is it a turn and pivot uh, you'd be amazing. And AAU, one of the things we really pride, one of the things I pride in my skill development and pride in my academy, how many kids don't know how to pivot? And I'm talking about a front pivot, a back pivot. Well, if you pivot, I can pivot out of pressure. I can square up and I can play in triple threat. And triple threat, I mean, these are things that James Naismith gave us. He invented the game, you know, we're in the peach basket. So it's just, uh, we've got away from that. So hopefully we can. Um, now, again, don't get me wrong, people are probably saying this guy's. Trying to talk like Dean Smith, four corners here, you know, or Bobby Knight. Back door. Hey, if No you more can four go, corners, man. No more yeah, four corners. Exactly. I don't want to watch that. No, like if that. if you can go, go now. You know, again. So I, I I've been blessed to uh, uh, coach Tyrese Rice when he was in high school and led uh, led the state in scoring, broke JJ Reddick's three point record, and so I, I you know I I got some guys. If they can go, I'm gonna let them go. Um, and so I, I don't want to sound like that, but. Um, Again, uh, you know, th- th- there are really, really good things with AAU. And I didn't even answer your question specific. I got so passionate. Uh, been blessed to, to even again in 2001, uh, uh, when, in two th- 2005, I had eight players go Division one, And uh, I think what's so special now, again, is that trust and relationship. And um, some of those guys, I've been to their weddings, um, still friends with them now. Uh, two players are back in the organization coaching now. Uh, and then the, coming back with Team Richmond, this four-year span, uh, we've got guys, uh, two young men who won, uh, excuse me, who uh, were in the Final Four at Christopher Newport, Division Three. So, I mean, that's amazing. They had a college experience where Division One just didn't work out for them, and uh, I'm so, so proud of them. And then two young men uh, who were walk-ons at the University of Virginia, uh, they were recently put on scholarship, and they won a national championship. So, again, so that's at every level, D1, um, also D2 guys. uh, We've got guys who are all-conference right now uh, at Millersville, a school in PA. So I think if AAU programs can just say, hey, let's get somewhere that fits for everybody, and then you always want to judge an AAU program on, are those kids participating back in the program? Mm -hmm. How was the experience? If the experience was good and that coach really – there was a trust level there, relationship, it was bigger than basketball – then they'll give back and they want to be around and they want to mentor.
0: I was just about to say, it's such a huge testament to see these guys come back into the program in some capacity, as you said, either as mentors or really work very hand in hand. It means that that their lives were affected, right? Like people give back to the schools that they felt did the most for them. That's uh, most of the time how alumni and boosters work. Right. And it's so it's pretty cool that you're starting to see that firsthand, especially since because you've been there for so long, you're starting to see these 17 year olds and now they're, 37, almost yeah, 40 years old. Yeah, so you, yeah, you were, yeah, doing, your yeah, thing, yeah. You were yeah, doing your thing, man. You been doing your thing. So very, very grateful for that. I think it's great. And and just another point that you were talking about, the internet, it's always funny, as you said, like once you get to the NBA, it's it's another level, right? The internet always makes fun of like Jared Dudley for being, you know, he just seems like, you know, this kind of like clumsier guy, a little pudgy, but he's not that at all. He is like an elite athlete. You put him on any court anywhere, he'll school all of those people. He's an incredible, incredible NBA player. It just turns out, you know, it's he's compared to mm-hmm. Giannis and LeBron and and you know Kyrie. It's a little hard yeah. to be as good as those guys. That's just how much better they are than the rest of the world. So it always is pretty funny there.
1: So um Dudley, uh, Dudley spoke at our camp. Uh, no Tyrese- way. Uh-
0: yeah, I didn't even Tyrese. do that on purpose. That's yeah,
1: awesome. Yeah, Tyrese's first camp. Uh, Jared Dudley was there, played with him at Boston College. And, I mean, that guy was all ACC. Right? Like was no, all that's ACC. College. Like that, that guy can hoop, man, you know? Um, but basketball IQ. His mm-hmm. basketball IQ is, is unbelievable. Yep.
0: I also like his trash talk last year when he was on the nets and he was, he was messing with Philly a little bit. I I'm biggest Philly hater. You'll find. So, okay. All
1: right. They got to get a coach now.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, So let's, let's move on again. There, there's a couple things that we want to touch upon here. So you've even been a head coach at a college up in Poughkeepsie, P- mm-hmm. Poughkeepsie. There we go. Got to say that you were also the assistant AD there. What is it like again, you know, seeing the back end and what's happened, especially, you know, having your parents be so close to the situation, was it always kind of a goal of yours to become a college head coach in some capacity? Um,
1: you know, I think once I, again, some kind of leadership position Mm -hmm. and once those leadership skills, and once that college dream as a player was done, uh, it definitely transformed into coaching. And, uh, I was fortunate and blessed uh, to be the first African American male coach in the school's history. You know, Vassar is a, a high academic school in Poughkeepsie, New York, and huge high academic standards. And uh, I give this advice to a lot of young people. You know, I, I didn't know what I was getting into, and so you know, you can always say you're prepared and you're ready, uh, but I was 30 years old and a, as a head coach, and, and that was a dream of mine, and I accomplished that. Doesn't matter the level, but I wasn't prepared for that, and mm-hmm. you know, I. I I, I probably didn't realize that in the five years I was there, but I can say that now, 42, a little seasoned here. But um, uh, it was a great opportunity. I learned a lot, uh, learned a lot about the Northeast uh, Corridor. And then also, you know, with Vassar being so strong academically, uh, recruiting all over the country, Chicago and California. Um, But again, it goes back to the relationships of the players and building a program. Uh, But again, you know, it's everybody as you slide a seat over. You know, you can you can build that program. You can have your blueprint out. You can have all your notes. But once you get there, and you actually got to call the timeout, make the decision, hire the assistant coach. Um, you know, you do the schedule. All that stuff comes into play, and so a great learning experience for me as a young coach. Uh, like I say, I, I couldn't even tie my tennis shoes. So I wasn't I wasn't sure about what I was doing. And um, then the assistant AD part was amazing. Again, just uh, giving me administrative experience. Uh, I was able to handle travel um, and, and do a lot of student government stuff as well. So uh, I really enjoyed it and, and very fortunate for the opportunity. And a funny story, you know. I, I get this all the time. Um, my real name's Del Mar Harris, but I go by Dell, so I, I like to go by Dell. And uh, of course, the other Dell Harris is the NBA coach who the Lakers and Coach Kobe and all that. And so I get the job, and probably my second week in the job, um, uh, Ron Wellman, who is the AD at Wake Forest. Uh, I get an email and he says, uh, emails, man, God, uh, Vassar's so lucky to have a guy like you. You're going to be well on your way, by all this. It's going to be great. And, uh, and anyway, so I respond back and I'm like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, why well, is the 80 at Wake Forest? I'm going from Vassar straight to the ACC. <laughs> and, and anyway, uh, email back. It's like, excuse me, sir, I'm sorry. I think you got the wrong Dale Harris. I'm the 5'10 uh, African-American brother with no NBA wins or no college wins. And um, pretty cool. Several years later, I interviewed for a coaching job at Wake Forest and was able to share that story with him him and his assistant on campus. So that was a, a funny little laugh, but it also shows you how small the basketball community is
0: yeah yeah absolutely uh, this sports community in general is a lot smaller than you think uh you start once you start connecting with a few people uh it really opens up and again thank you to Dexter Connor for putting us in contact if anybody hasn't yes. go check out go check out Dex's episode he's got some cool stuff to say uh, on athletes and wealth management which was pretty cool but no man and, and it, it's pretty cool um I guess hey worse things have happened I'd re- it's not bad to be mistaken for the other yeah guy, right? yeah, yeah, but, yeah no, I, you know, I-
1: I get that a lot, man. I get that people people go Google and they're like, oh, hey. Well, Dell yes, Harris, yeah, the, the gray haired gentleman for the Lakers, but but that's now. I'm I'm trying to find your basketball academy, you know. So, uh, it's pretty funny.
0: That's awesome, man. That's awesome, and it is it is cool. Again, you know, as you said, you you can look back on that time as a college head coach and say, yeah, I was not was not ready. Obviously, at the time, you're going to say yes. Who's going to say no? I, I don't think I'm ready for that job because that's how you gain experience, right? That's how you get better is by putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. Now, maybe you thought you were you know, absolutely ready for that job and you were going to crush it. I'm not going to ask you what your record was or any of that stuff, but it sounds like there was a lot you could have learned in that situation, which you did, which I, I think is important. And again, learning how to connect with young men and, and women and students and being able to push that and really gain that trust that we've been talking about this whole time, I think is the most important part. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I'll leave you with, but that is, is understand where you are, understand where you are, understand what you're getting yourself into. And I think so many young coaches and young people in any profession, uh, they just jump into a job and and they don't really understand the dynamics. They don't understand where they are. And for me, uh, you know, I was an administrative assistant at the University of Richmond. I was an assistant coach at VMI and I was assistant coach at Morgan State. So all my coaching experience had been D1 and then AAU. And so I actually thought that I was going to be able to get transfers. So I thought that kids would leave Yale and Harvard because of my D1 connections, that I could get Ivy and Patriot League guys to transfer down to D3. And that, that was a pipe dream because if I'm at Yale and Harvard, if I stop playing basketball, I'm just going to get the education. All right. Like I'm, I'm not going to transfer anywhere. So again, a learning experience and understand where you are. Uh, I even say this in relationships, you know, people get married, but they don't read the resume. You know, like they just read the resume. They don't really look at the objective. They don't do their homework. Check those references, and that's the same thing when you check a uh, when you take a job, man. Like make sure that it's right for you and something that aligns with you. Um, and if it does, it, it it could be a pretty good fit.
0: I like that. I'm getting married in like ten days, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, I. Hopefully I did my homework, uh, I guess. I what trust happened. you did, I
1: trust you did. And trust then in the next
0: couple of years, we'll see what happens, man. Um, <laughs> so another uh, another area I want to talk about. So you are with uh, USA Basketball on their youth development side and you're working with eighth graders. So I think it's kind of cool that you're hitting kids at all these different levels, right? You've been in collegiate basketball and you've been able to work with 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old. You, obviously you work on the the elite 17 team where you're working with a lot of high school kids. Now even on the youth development side with eighth graders, what is it about all of these different age groups? Like, is this was this on purpose, or like that 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 understanding trying to hit all these different levels, or did it just, just kind of happen this way? And now you're able to affect even more children or more kids this way? Yeah,
1: no, I, I think for me, um, probably pretty generic, but I like to say basketball has given me a platform um, to influence young people in a positive way, and that's true. Everything I do is connected with basketball and young people, and so uh, I was very fortunate, and uh, I think one. That we all just need not so much kids, but we all need a volunteer spirit. And so I have a very volunteer spirit. So I volunteer for USA basketball and I started off um, and again with some great relationships there, but I started off and I volunteered for a regional camp in Virginia Beach. Um, and then I went to the next regional camp in, in North Carolina. And so it just blossomed from there, forming great relationships. Um, you know, UXA basketball, the gold standard is what they call it. And my character and then my hard work and uh, basketball IQ and fundamentals of the game uh, spoke for itself. And then so uh, just that volunteer spirit and doing a good job of that was able to uh, um Uh, be at a place like Collegiate School, which is, uh, you know, one of the top private schools, I think one of the top private schools on the East Coast. And we have tremendous facilities. And so uh, just in contact with them, and they wanted to have an inaugural um, goal camp, uh, which is some of the top eighth grade, seventh and eighth graders in the country. And they kind of wanted to do it like their junior national team to kind of have a system a little bit where they could identify talent earlier. So uh, we offered collegiate um, uh, the head of the school at the time was very supportive and the administration was supportive. And uh, again, me volunteering and, uh, we were able to get a lot of local coaches around here an opportunity to get involved with U- local ba- uh, USA basketball. And then, um, from there, it was a great experience. So uh, with the middle school guys, again, I, I think, um, just teaching the game, teaching the game, the fundamentals. And, you know, these are kids who are six, five, six, six already in eighth grade. Uh, you know, another advice from my mentor, that I got when I got my first college coaching job, don't get too far ahead of yourself. And so for these young people, you know, don't get too far ahead of yourself, you know, keep getting better, trust the process, understand the game, fundamentals, listen. Um, And then also to kind of tying it in, AAU coach USA basketball, you got to coach these kids. So, you know, this could be the first time that somebody's told a talented eighth grader or seventh grader, Hey man, you got to work hard. Mm -hmm. You know, they've been stroked the whole time. That's another bad problem in our basketball game, you know, but you got to, you got to be able to coach, you got to be coachable. And so uh, I've really enjoyed that and fortunate and and hopefully I'll be able to continue to move forward with them. Uh, But that was just volunteering my time. And then from there fortunate to um, be the first one of the first people from uh, the state of Virginia to be involved as a U16 on the court training camp coach. And um, I did that a year ago down in Florida. And so that was some of the top 16-year-olds in the country. And they went down from 32 to a team of 12. And so to be in that process um, with uh, Mike Jones of DeMatha, uh, Steve Turner, Gonzaga, and um, I could go on and on um, with just the talent and was very humbled, to be honest with you, very humbled to be in the room and be a part of the process. Uh, Because if you look at my you have know, done a really good job at collegiate. We've been pretty successful since I've been there going into year five, but these guys have won state championships and uh, have done a great job. So it was very humbling for me. And again, that volunteer spirit and, um, um, you know, that, that, that was it with USA basketball. And then also volunteering um, for coaching academies. Uh, mm-hmm. They do coaching academies all around the game. So all around the country, you know, USA basketball is a model again, because, You know, they're in that competition and they they get to see those overseas. They get to see how they're working basketball. Mm -hmm. So the governing body of USA Basketball at the youth development level and on up national team and everything they're trying to do. They're trying to do great stuff to grow our game and and educate our parents, educate our players. It comes back to fundamentals. And so uh, I'm happy to be a part of it in a, a volunteer way. It's not a full time gig. Um, But again, I'm going to keep volunteering my time and anything USA Basketball needs, I'm there to support. And um, I learn so much every time I go. Uh, uh, The coaching academies, which are great, you know, that they have high school coaches, college coaches and youth league coaches. So, again, it's just a great opportunity and unfortunate they couldn't do stuff this year. but. Once we get back um, to uh, even better than normal, I think we need to stop saying normal. Let's get back better than normal. Once we get back better than normal, because we've learned from so much during this COVID experience, um, I- I'm sure USA Basketball is going to be rolling. I like that. Yes, let's
0: get better than normal. I-, I like that a lot. And it has been an experience. Let's all be honest about that, to say the least. Uh, it's definitely been interesting. So let's talk about it. So you bring up collegiate a little bit. So you are the head coach uh, of, for collegiate Virginia. Collegiate school, Richmond, Virginia. Thank you. Okay, I appreciate that. So you are the head coach there. Took the team to a conference final. You won the conference final first time in twenty years, give or take. Mm-hmm. Love that. So, talk talk to me a little bit. Like, what is it like? Uh, again, you you've had you have your hand in all these coaching jars. I don't know how the hell you do it. I don't know how many clones you have of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um. But whatever you're doing, you're doing a great job at it. So talk to me a little bit about being able to run this type of program and really be able to see the effect that you're having on these high school kids and and being able to understand that you're then helping them take it to the next level. And again, becoming leaders in society, not just good basketball players.
1: Yeah. Well, again, back to being a bigger than basketball, you know, um, And then again, learning. You know, as I told you at Vassar, I really didn't know what I was getting into at Vassar. And I played at Fork Union Military Academy, that's in the same conference as collegiate. So, and being from Richmond, I I always knew about collegiate that it was a a great academic school, well respected, high character. Um, And so, I was very careful as well. Being an AAU coach, I did not want to form. I didn't want to mess up the bad relationships that I had as an AAU coach. I didn't want players to think that hey you know, Dell's going to go recruit my kids and then they're going to come to Collegiate. So Collegiate, I knew it was, you know, stood for integrity and character and that's what I stand for. So those things aligned. So I knew what I was getting into and, um, you know, Collegiate, unless you have the academics and you got the money, we're not giving scholarships for basketball. So, you know, it all aligns. And so, um, that was really important to me. And then the foundation. Um, a great friend of mine, and we go way back again to the relationships in this uh, sports community being small, um, Alex Peavy, a gentleman named Alex Peavy, was a good friend of mine. And Alex Peavy and I, when I was the AAU assistant coach, he was an assistant coach at Wofford. So he had recruited my program way back in 2004 and five. So him and I had a relationship and he was the coach uh, that I took over for. So I knew there was a foundation set. Uh so again I, I knew what I was getting into. And then um, you know, I remember the first day on my um uh, excuse me, I remember my interview and one of the things that uh, a young man who was a captain for me and collegiate is K through twelve. And so uh you know, a lot of people have been there their whole lives. Mm-hmm. And one of the young men who had been there his whole life, he said uh in the interview process, he said, Coach, what separates you from the other coaches? And I said, Um, I think there are other guys that could do better X's and O's than me than me. Um, But there won't be a better guy who's going to form a relationship with you and be there as a lifelong friend and mentor and man. And so I meant that. And uh, I think that connection that I have with all my players, um, it just means a lot. It it means a lot. And I want to be there for them, especially in the climate we're in now with racism and social injustice and covid and you name it. But I want to be there for them. And uh, on the court, uh, we've been uh, pretty successful. Again, that foundation was built. Uh, By Coach Peavy, you know, this team's always played hard. They always played together. And anybody who knows me, our our teams are going to play together. We're going to play hard. Uh, We're going to get after it defensively. And then uh, we're just fortunate to have some success. It's a very, very good league. Um, uh, Trinity Episcopal is a league who's a kid named Henry Coleman, who's at Duke, a young man named Burke Smith I coached, uh, who's at Boise State. Armando Baycott plays at North Carolina. So we're playing against high major kids. It's a big-time league. And so uh, Trinity, St. Anne's, Belfield, Fork Union, we play against other talented private schools. And uh, we've been done pretty well, uh, again. Uh, and, and we did win a regular season championship for the first time in 20 years, which means a lot. Uh, and then we won the Richmond Times Dispatch Tournament um, a year ago uh, for the first time in 20 years. And so uh, some things that hadn't been done before – Uh, but I'm just forget the records aside. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the relationship and the impact, um, that I, I hope I'm making on those young men and most notable, uh, uh, Robbie Barron, Robbie Barron, um, started for Northwestern last year as a freshman, uh, was a McDonald's all American nominee ESPN top 100. And, uh, him and I were texting the other night, uh, you know, uh, just that's the relationship we have, you know, like at 12, 12 at night, we're texting, uh, or we FaceTime or, um, you know, we got a guy at, uh, Hampton, Sydney, Jack Wyatt, who was all ODAC and at the division three level. So again, all levels, uh, again, young man, Jackson Watkins, uh, right before, uh, he left to go to the university of North Carolina, we had lunch and, um, uh, you know, he's on the JV team at Carolina. So just those relationships mm-hmm. and, um, staying positive with that and knock on wood here. If we can get on the court, we got a chance to be pretty good because we've now, we have a, we have a program. I'm the varsity boys, basketball Coach and program leader. And, um, I, I feel pretty good about what we got for the next couple of years. I'm, I'm excited about coaching some of these dudes. So that's uh,
0: awesome, man. We I love happy, it. We'll be all right. I will have to root for Mr. Coleman a little bit more, of course, as I said, being a Duke fan. But no, man, I, I think it's awesome and it's really cool, as you said. I mean, it's something that you have to build over time, right? And that's the always interesting part about coaching to me is there is a process. There is you do have to stick to the process. If you focus on the results, you're never actually going to get there. But then there's the caveat of, but if you don't get the results, you lose your job thing, right? So mm-hmm. how do you make sure to stick to that process and always make sure that we're playing hard, you're recruiting the right type of player, and you're getting what you need to out of these guys and getting them to understand that it's about the process and not tell them don't focus on the results, don't focus on the results. But in reality, if you don't get those wins, you don't have the job. So how do you kind of walk that fine line? Obviously, you've been doing a damn good job at it as, as you, know, you just kind of rattled off some of those accolades. But how do you do that? Because it's pretty difficult.
1: Uh, again, learning from my players, one of our players said, "You, you got to stay in the moment." And uh, again, back to that quote: "Don't get too far ahead of yourself." And we, we just really try to focus on staying in the moment. Uh, we try to focus on even right now in COVID, controlling what we can control. And um, it, it, the process, the hardest thing in the process is to be selfless. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think we've built a culture of selflessness to where, uh, we're so concerned about the other guy and next man up and, uh, just building that relationship that we're not so self-involved because when you're self-involved, you want to rush the process. So, you know, when you're thinking about somebody else, you know, for example, I always give my kids, you know, uh, when you get tired, I need you to talk more. So if I'm talking, I'm not thinking about how tired I am. Mm-hmm. And so again, I'm not being selfish as well. I'm talking to my teammate, you know? And so, uh, I think we've just been able to sustain that and build a culture of that. And uh, nobody these days wants to trust the process. That's with AAU. That's with anything. Everybody wants instant gratification. Um, you know, I think I was looking. Somebody said that I uh, saw that uh, the coach today for the Pacers uh, got fired. You know, if yep. you look, yep. I mean, the, the guy had a winning record. You know, I mean, it's it's a tough business at that level. That's the highest level. But uh, I think if you do things the right way, um, control what you can control, those other things will take care of yourself. And if you've done your homework and you're at the right place uh, and you know, the clear cut vision of that school and those expectations, no matter if it's high school, college or NBA, uh, you, you should be okay. I love that.
0: I love that. And, and we've, uh, again, only a couple more minutes here, Dell. So I sincerely yeah. appreciate it. Dell Harris. I don't, I can't, Talk about all the things uh, that you've done. Head basketball coach, USA Basketball Youth Development, 804 Coaches for Change, Del Del Harris Basketball Academy. We've been talking a little bit about social justice, uh, social injustice, and and really what the NBA, the platform, they've been able to utilize, and we've been talking about a little bit. So talk to me a little bit about 804 Coaches for Change. I know recently, as you said, that you guys were just uh, featured uh, publication, which is fantastic. I think today, as of the recording, Mm -hmm. we're on uh, August 20-something, 26th wednesday i think um so talk to me a little bit about what 804 coaches for change is and what what you guys are trying to accomplish
1: yeah uh a good coach and friend daryl watts head coach at armstrong high school uh was watching uh shannon uh on fox was watching shannon sharp and just kind of came up with the idea of we got to pull these coaches in the area and get together and um from that idea he called another coach and another coach and then uh we're fortunate to um start with a peaceful protest down at the Arthur Ashe statue in Richmond, Virginia. And uh, the support was overwhelming. Uh, We didn't invite our players because of COVID, uh, but the support was, uh, was great. Uh, We probably had a hundred coaches from all over the greater Richmond area in the state. Um, uh, we had head coaches, we had associate head coach, Jason Williford, university of Virginia, national champions. Who's from Richmond, Virginia. Uh, we had him a part of it. Mike Rhodes, head coach of VCU, uh, Griff Aldridge, head coach of Longwood. So we had a lot of uh, college support, uh, even coaches who couldn't get there. Uh, 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 coach Paulson, Dave Paulson and George Mason said, Hey coach, I couldn't make it, but we support it. And so, uh, just a lot of love again. And, you know, there's so many, there's so many different, coaches for change is going on right now in the country, yeah, yeah. which is great, you know, but we wanted to bring together a central mission. And then we also wanted that mission to be about action. And, and, you know, that's really where I'm at. Uh, I'm about action. Same thing as coaching. I'm about action. And uh, I think we, uh, I'm on the executive board. We've really put a board together who are about action. And so from that protest um, um, kind of my idea, I kind of had an idea of, I said, uh, let's have a league. And so we launched a league last week, um, not a fall basketball league, but we kind of did a a spin on it of where we did a calendar with a schedule. And we brought together maybe inner city public schools with um, uh, suburban uh, schools, uh, uh, private schools. We brought those schools together. We brought everybody from a different background together. And we're having town hall Zoom meetings on race and social injustice. And so the, the first question we asked them, we talked about the NBA. What, what, what would you have on the back of your jersey? Uh, then we talked about, um, you know, I think all of us in life, you know, what is it? What is it? I don't know what it's like to walk in your shoes. You don't know what it's like to walk in my shoes. You know, so having that word of uh, empathy, uh, compassion, and uh, it was awesome. And uh, we learned a lot. Uh, I talk a lot, but I really do listen uh, when I'm quiet uh, be careful. Cause I'm playing, I'm trying to play chess. I'm not trying to play checkers. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. And, uh, uh, it's just been good so far. We also did a mass video. Uh, you know, you've seen these different videos with the NBA and, uh, I think Carolina bass, all these people have had great mass videos, Wear your mask, which are great, but it was short messages. And mm-hmm. so we had so much overwhelming support with high school and college coaches. We started off with a jump ball, That was five coaches, and that was the executive board. Then we went to the first quarter, which was seven more college coaches. Then we went to the second quarter, halftime, third. So once a week, we have different coaches putting out a mass video, all 804 coaches for change. Um, We're going to visit a slave trail. We're going to bring teams together and visit a slave trail, learn about the history. Again, as a coach, you're an educator as well. And so uh, just a lot of good things that we're doing. I talked to some coaches today and we're excited about real change. And uh, again, as an African-American, being one of the first at Vassar and at Collegiate and being in the community like I am, um, you know, the black community is hurting and um, social injustice is real. And I like to say that I think, um, you know, uh, black people are tired of moments of silence in whichever way you want to take that. Mm -hmm. And uh, white people can't continue that maintain their silence and so um, that's really where we are and we want uh, equality for all to love each other come together and if basketball can be a platform again like I said that platform if we can use that platform just like those guys in the NBA to make real change and help our young people uh, then we'll continue to do so so uh, thank you for asking about that and yeah that that article did come out today
0: Of course, man. And yeah, make sure to send me that article so I can link it in the podcast notes as well as the YouTube notes as well so people can check that out. I think that'll be really important. But I think it's great, man. I mean, it never made sense to me uh, why equality is such a difficult thing obviously i'm very you know i come from a upper middle class area so i haven't really had to deal with too much in terms of adversity but you know it's just one of those things that i just don't understand it and it's very frustrating especially just watching the news so i I appreciate you and what you guys are doing down there in richmond in the area in the 804 and really just trying to push that narrative uh, and and push that cause and push that understanding and and i think your guys are going about it in a great way you know having people from all these different backgrounds come together let's have a conversation Right. You know, we saw uh, Emmanuel Acho and I, I'm going to let you talk in a second. We saw Emmanuel Acho. He started that uh, uncomfortable conversations with a black man. I think it's what it's called. And now, you mm-hmm. know, Oprah came on, he had Roger Goodell on, which I think is more of PR for the NFL, but that's another conversation. But I, I think it's great. And, and the way you're going about it, I think, is the most important because who can say no to that? Right. Even yeah. stupid, angry, dumb people can't say like can't have a conversation. Right. So I think you, you're doing in the best way possible. Hopefully you get some change and hopefully you guys get some uh, some some real real social change out of it. I think would be great. Yeah.
1: No, you're, you're exactly right. We, we had the Lieutenant governor support the event. So it, it was, uh, the protests peaceful mm-hmm. one. Um, so it's been great. And, you know, I, I as we tell our players again, relate to the court, you know, you have to be uncomfortable. So whether that's, I'm a, I'm in a defensive stance, I'm running a sprint. You got to be uncomfortable to get comfortable, mm-hmm. you know? So once I stay in that stance for a while, it begins to get comfortable. And it's the same thing. Like we have to have these difficult conversations. You can't just judge what you see on social media. You can't go with the stereotype. You can't go with the bias. You have to be able to make yourself vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And these kids are making themselves vulnerable uh, with their college, with their high school coaches. They're helping and supporting and listening. And so again, the more conversations we can have for people to be uncomfortable. And uh, I know it means the world to me. I grew up in a predominantly white neighborhood and, uh, you know, my, my white friends who have reached out to me personally mm-hmm. and, and had the conversation, we've gotten better. Yeah. Um, but again, it, 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 speaks volumes though. Those people who I haven't talked to, or I don't want to get involved or ah, I really doesn't affect. No, nah, it, it does affect you. Cause mm-hmm. I, I could be George Floyd. Um, I could be the man in Wisconsin. I could be a Arbery. So, um, that's just where it's at, man. But, yeah. uh, we're going to do better and we will do better. Exactly, And that's the
0: thing. Just as you said, it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, as you said before, baby steps, I, I, mm-hmm. I, that, that seems like the way it has to go. And if that's what it's going to take, I mean, we'll, we'll get there eventually. It sucks, but we'll get there eventually. I think that's the most important part. Um, And then the last thing I do want to talk about, and, and I apologize, we're running up against time. I know you oh, got to get out of here in a second, but the, uh, the, Del, the Dell, the Dell Harris, not, not the other Del Harris, this is a academy. Talk, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, talk yeah. to me a little bit about, um, you know, how, what is it like starting and running and, and, and you know, marketing and getting the message out about a basketball academy? Because that seems like, again, just another full-time job that you get to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I'll probably get in trouble for this too. But I'll tell you another uh, a little quick fun. So Seth Greenberg calls me the real Del Harris. So Love it. That, There we yeah. go. And, and I know, uh, so Seth was at Virginia Tech. And he recruited Tyrese Rice and uh, was kind of recruiting Steph Curry at the same time. So if you could imagine if Tyrese Rice and Steph Curry would have went to uh, Virginia Tech together and then uh, Coach Greenberg did the TBT tournament. Mm-hmm. And all he was talking about was Tyrese Rice. He's like, i know this guy for a while. So anyway, shout out to him for calling me the real Dale Harris uh, there. Um, but yeah, the Dale Harris Basketball Academy. uh, uh Big kudos to Tyrese Rice. He he helped start that. And we started it with his vision with his basketball camps. And so we run his basketball camps in the summer. Uh, not about money at all. It's really about community and um just giving kids a a platform and a camp to to learn some basketball. And we have several pros in the area. I said, you know, Jared Dudley has came back, a lot of guys overseas, uh, Reggie Williams, who was a 12-year NBA player. So, uh, and a lot of the who's who's in high school basketball in the area come to the camp. So that's all a part of the Del Harris Basketball Academy, and you know that wouldn't wouldn't be without Tyrese Rice. And so, uh, uh, mentoring program that I've had for the last four years, which really means a lot to me, uh, at Falling Creek Middle School. And uh, the reason I like that school because it's, uh, I think it's the real world. It's almost it's it's a melting pot there. Mm -hmm. It's very diverse. Um, I I think, and I don't know my numbers, but it's probably uh, 30% African-American, uh, 40% Hispanic, and then the rest is white, you know, so it's, uh, it's the real world. And uh, I I just love being in a leadership role to tell people that you care. Um, I'm proud of you. Uh, I'm here for you. Somebody else besides their mom and dad. So that mentoring piece is very important to me. Uh, I also do a lot of speaking, uh, if I can get, um, in front of some people and, uh, uh, I, I listen to a lot of, uh, 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 Les Brown and a lot of TD Jakes and mm-hmm. Eric Thomas and all that, and I always say that, hey, you know, this might not be for you. We can't connect with everybody, but if I can reach one person, then I did something. And so uh, I think in my speaking engagements, I hope that I am at least reaching one out mm-hmm. of the crowd. And, um, I speak at a lot of juvenile detentions, speak at churches, speak at colleges, and it's just, uh, It comes easy for me. It is my passion and my purpose of helping people and being a servant. And so uh, those are some of the things the academy does. Uh, We have camps and clinics as well. Uh, This year during COVID, um, I joined and partnered with uh, two other gentlemen who have academies. And we just uh, we social distance. uh, We wore a mask and we uh, just had 10 people at once. They had their own basketball. They had their own goal. And we just did fundamentals. And mm-hmm. so we were able to off that, offer that all summer, and really that was for kids' physical and mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know, and it's not so much about money. You know, if you do the right thing, the money will come. Absolutely. And, and so uh, those are some of the things that the basketball academy does. And and um, we have something very special I'm working on. I can't I can't divulge that right now. But we got something better, very special, we're working on um, a partnership that, uh, I just need to dot the I's and cross the T's and, uh, redo my website, which is coming, but, uh, something that's going to help with analytics, uh, cause the mm-hmm. game is going to analytics and then also, um, given minorities, um, everyone, we want it to be for everybody, but especially for minorities involved in analytics. There's not too many, um, uh, minorities who are, uh, uh GMs, video mm-hmm. coordinators, yep. um, assistant ads. So again, I, Going to do a partnership to uh, just introduce, for the love of sports, everybody can't be 6'9 and 6'10, or maybe you're a manager or whatever. So want to provide some other uh, opportunities for that. And with COVID, everything being online and Zoom and things like that, um, I'm pretty excited about uh, some new initiatives coming.
0: I love that, man. I love that. I thought we were going to get to break some news there, but maybe next time. Maybe I'll have
1: you come back on when <laughs> the partnership. Set oh, the yeah, 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 yeah. I, man, I'm gonna have the partner on here because he he's bigger than me. Yeah, he's,
0: uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I don't know. Well, I got the real Del Harris here, man. I don't know how much bigger <laughs> you can get, but Del, I'm gonna let you go now. Del Harris, as I said, head basketball coach, USA Basketball Youth Development, 804 Coaches for Change, Del Harris Basketball Academy. You're gonna give me all the links. You're gonna give me all the social medias. That's gonna be in the show notes so everyone can check them out there. But just in case, where can everyone find you online?
1: Yeah, uh, Dell Harris, bball uh, on Twitter, pretty easy. Uh, Dell Harris, one L, and uh, I'm, I'm all over social media. You can't meet me, uh, can't miss me. Instagram, all that. And again, I'm Dell Harris, the five ten ball head, Kobe, for real, whatever you want to say. Uh, that's me. I love it, man. Thank you so much for your time today, man. All I right. appreciate it, Michael. Thank you. Stay safe. Yeah.